0: Let us pray. Compassionate God, send your Holy Spirit to feed us with your word. Amen. I've been thinking a lot about the food that we carry with us. To be completely honest, in my purse right now, I have at least two granola bars. I think this is a holdover from the days that my mom used to carry in her purse little bags of Cheerios for me. Maybe some of you are familiar with this practice. Maybe some of you have bags of Cheerios with you right now. Long car trips can also involve careful preparation when it comes to food. After they got married, my parents drove from Madison, Wisconsin to Rochester, New York to visit the Swift family. They were short on cash, so they packed all the food they'd need for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. A cooler full of sandwiches. To make it special, they used their resources to create variety. The night before the trip, they stayed up making plain bologna, bologna and ketchup. Plain cheese, cheese and bologna, cheese, bologna, and ketchup. You get the idea. Recently, my husband, Sean, and I drove from New Jersey to Illinois, stopping and visiting with family along the way. We were feeling a little displaced. In preparation for our move to Slovakia this month, we moved out of our apartment, sold or gave away all our furniture, stored some things with Sean's parents, and donated most of the rest. We were definitely at the start of an exciting journey, but feeling a little lost in the wilderness along the way. Before we left New York and headed for Ohio, my grandma Swift handed us a bag full of food for the road. Chicken salad sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, bananas and apples. For me and Sean, that bag of comfort food made a home for us in the midst of our wanderings. Experiencing this blessing got me thinking, What are the qualities of the food that we pack for the road, our bread for the journey? And does this traveling food have anything in common with the bread that we find in our texts today? I think that bread for the journey has four main qualities. First, it is either very cheap or free. We pack food for trips in part to save money. And the fact that this food is so wonderful and so inexpensive adds to its, its appeal. Second, it is abundant. Maybe because it's economical, it seems like there's always enough, or more than enough, peanut butter and bread to go around. Third, it is nourishing. The bread we pack for our journeys is often more wholesome than the food we'd buy at a rest stop. It is fuel for our bodies and minds, and can be fuel for our spirits, too, like the sandwiches Grandma Swift made that made us feel at home again, or the sandwiches my parents made that became a story told and retold and part of our family story. Fourth, bread for the journey is satisfying. Whether it's bologna and cheese, chicken salad, or peanut butter and jelly, the food we take with us is designed to satisfy our hunger, and leave us with that wonderful feeling of having had enough. Our gospel text for today puts it this way, and all ate and were filled. The beginning of the lesson finds Jesus on a journey, trying to find some time and space to be alone after he learns that John the Baptist has been murdered. The text tells us that a large crowd of people responded to this same news By finding and following Jesus. Even in his grief, Jesus doesn't turn them away, but takes care of their physical and spiritual needs. As it got close to dinner time, the disciples started to worry about the logistics of feeding all these people. Does the impromptu picnic of the 5,000, plus women and children, meet our bread for the journey criteria? By multiplying resources they already had with them, Jesus, the disciples, and the crowd surely spent less than if they'd gone into the villages, the equivalent of a rest stop, to buy food. The resources they had ended up being so abundant it was miraculous, 12 baskets of leftovers. Bread and fish made for a nourishing and satisfying meal. But just like Grandma Swift's bag of comfort food, and my parents' cooler full of memories, there's more going on here than just eating. With the physical sustenance came Christ's blessing and a meal that fortified his presence with the people, his ministry among them, and their ministry to each other as baskets were passed and the meal was shared. We can compare the spiritual significance of this meal to meals we have eaten after funerals, Food that is physically simple, good, and comforting. Food that satisfies many needs. Shared by people gathered to mourn together, glad to spend some time together, before getting back on the road. Our first lesson today builds on this spiritual understanding of food. In this hymn of hope, Israel looks forward to the end of its exile in Babylon, In this case, food becomes a metaphor for God's word, which will nourish and sustain the people on their journey home. God offers this nourishment completely without price, and the prophet compares the free grace of God's love and covenant with the costly, unsatisfying idol worship of Babylon. The prophet uses images of abundance, wine and milk without money and without price. Wine is a product of farmed soil. Milk is a product of good grazing land. Having both means having everything you could possibly need or want. Abundant refreshment, offered as gifts from God. The prophet urges the people to listen, because the word of God is good, rich, nourishing, satisfying food. Listen, says the prophet, so that you may live. Wherever we are in our journeys, God's word, the bread of life, is offered freely, abundantly, to nourish and satisfy our deep need for grace. The exiles in Babylon looked to God's word and covenant to be their bread before their journey home even began, when many of them, born in exile, could only imagine what home would be. Jesus, the disciples, and a very large crowd stopped in the middle of nowhere on the road to somewhere else to mourn and eat together, taking care of each other, coming together around the miracle of God's word made flesh, Jesus, walking, healing, eating, and grieving among them. The word of God is the best bread for the journey. Manna was free, abundant, and nourishing, but like a bologna and cheese sandwich, it started to get a little funky after a day of traveling. The most enduring, satisfying bread is the Word of God. Whether it be God's covenant with Israel, or God's Word as we hear it, sing it, and actually taste and see it at Holy Communion. During the children's message, we prayed, Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. Blessed be God, who is our bread. May all the world be clothed and fed. When we come forward for communion, we become guests at Jesus' table, receiving a meal of food and forgiveness, given freely and abundantly, to nourish and sustain our bodies and souls. In the bread and wine, we receive the word of God, God, who is our bread. Freely, abundantly, and fully fed, we are sent out into the world to feed others, taking care of each other spiritually and physically, like the disciples and the crowd, passing baskets of bread and fish. Jesus taught us to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. In the small catechism, Luther writes that daily bread means everything included in the necessities and nourishments for our bodies, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, farm, fields, livestock, money, property, an upright spouse, upright children, upright members of the household, upright and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, decency, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Luther could have gone on, and so could we. God, whose word is so needed and nourishing, cares about the necessities and nourishment of our bodies, including not only food and drink, shelter and clothing, but all good things. And as with the bread that is the Word of God, God provides this daily bread freely and abundantly. And Luther reminds us that God gives us this daily bread whether we pray for it or not, even though we've done nothing and can do nothing to deserve it. One of the ways God gives this daily bread is by our hands as we are called to share the abundance of creation with neighbors in need. In a few minutes, we will sing this prayer together. Still your children wander homeless. Still the hungry cry for bread. Still the captives long for freedom. Still in grief, we mourn our dead. As you, Lord, in deep compassion, healed the sick and freed the soul, By your spirit, send your power to our world to make it whole. The hymn goes on to tell how we are called by worship, sent out on our journey to serve God and neighbor. Where are Josh and Melissa? There they are, okay. Josh and Melissa, what you are doing today, gathering here with your friends and your family, coming together to share this meal, to hear the word of God, to receive the bread of life. You are being fed with the bread and sent out into the world with it. And that is a wonderful way to begin your journey together. I can't think of a better way. Uh, Sean and I will actually head to Slovakia on the two-year anniversary of our marriage here at St. Luke's. And we're going to pack some food for the road, some bread for the journey. There will be granola bars in our backpacks, and maybe a peanut butter sandwich or two in case of a delayed plane. We'll also carry our daily bread in the blessings of prayers, support, and goodwill from faithful neighbors, especially our neighbors gathered here at St. Luke's. And we'll go out nourished and sustained by the word of God that you have shared with us. The bread of life, the best bread for the journey. Amen.